edition of the JP Hoops podcast recording this on Tuesday, February 9th, first of a couple episodes this week. As always, it's your boy Justin Pora and as always, the podcast JP Hoops brought to you by the Book It Sports app. Go check it out in the Apple and Android store. It is the best social media platform for any sports fans. It's a great community of gamblers. Fans of all sports posting their favorite lines, topics, rumors, anything that you need. You can follow me there for my daily NBA picks at Jaypora. Go check out the Book It Sports app and follow Book It Sports on Twitter at Book It HQ. Got a lot to get to in this week's episode of the podcast. Had another amazing Saturday night NBA primetime game between the Warriors and the Mavericks. We have a trade between the Pistons and the Knicks that reunites Derrick Rose with Tom Thibodeau. We have some injury updates from last week's show and the Open of the Week to come. But first, let's start with the young kid. Let's start with the Rookie of the Year frontrunner in LaMelo Ball. And obviously there was all this hype when LaMelo entered the league because we've seen Lonzo Ball get taken second. We know... The antics of his father. We know he has two older brothers. One never really got a true chance in the NBA, whether that's talent or, you know, robberies in China or whatever it may be. And then we see Lonzo already on his second team. The Pelicans talking about trading him. What will LaMelo Ball be with the Charlotte Hornets? And well, over the last five games, we've gotten a pretty good glimpse that he is something special. He finally gets inserted into the starting lineup as Terry Rozier has been dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. It gave LaMelo the opportunity to start a week ago, and he has not given up that starting role since, and for good reason. He has been absolutely balling in his five starts. The Hornets have a 3-2 and two record. Their only losses to the Jazz, to the 76ers, So two of the top five teams in basketball were their only two losses. And LaMelo averaging 22.6 points per game, six and a half assists per game, six rebounds per game. The kid is 19 of 37 from three in those games. And that's over 50%. That includes a seven three point performance the other night. And he has just been flat out balling for the Charlotte Hornets, and he's not even 20 years old. Hell, he's 19 and a half years old. Not even close yet. This is year one, finally getting some starting reps, and he is everything that you could have imagined and more. Now, I thought he would be an all-rookie first-teamer. Right now, it looks like he is the clear-cut favorite for the Rookie of the Year award that I thought would be won by James Wiseman. But ever since LaMelo has been put in this starting lineup, the Hornets just look rejuvenized. He's an enigma. He's so good with the ball. It seems like he does everything so casually, but he pulls off some of the hardest moves that we've been seeing. These are just lobs to Miles Bridges, who's throwing down windmills and Casually passing it, no look behind the back, throwing it all the way 94 feet down the floor. 
It's incredible what he's doing. And he looks like he does it all so, so easily. And when you look at the couple guys taking ahead of him, Anthony Edwards, you know, he just hucks a ton of shots for the Timberwolves. But he's got some potential to him. James Wiseman gets better and better every game. On and off the floor with some injury issues. Warriors not looking too great. The Hornets are trying to make a push for the Eastern Conference playoff spot. And it's being led by LaMelo Ball alongside Gordon Hayward. Rozier, when he plays alongside LaMelo Ball, has been looking pretty good. It's just, it's phenomenal what LaMelo Ball is doing, sub-20 years old, just really making a name for himself in this league. And when you talk about him making a name for himself, that was something that was always going to be a challenge when he entered the NBA. And it all starts with his dad, LaVar. Everyone has followed the LaVar Ball saga since Lonzo was drafted in 2017. He wanted all his sons on the same team. He wanted them all to win championships together. He wanted them to be the staple of the Lakers dynasty when Lonzo was drafted there. And I mentioned before, LiAngelo Ball never really got an opportunity. He went undrafted. He wasn't allowed to return to UCLA after their trip to China was reported really, really bad because he's stealing things from a convenience store there. And then he gets kicked off the team. Then he tries to get in the G League. He's bounces from a couple teams. He gets cut. Now he's not in the league. And despite all of that, and not to mention LaMelo doesn't go to college. He decommits from UCLA after the stealing scandal with LiAngelo. He goes to Lithuania, plays, hardly anybody sees him, and he still gets drafted third behind Anthony Edwards, behind James Wiseman, who play at Georgia, Wiseman a little bit at Memphis. He goes third, and he is the best player in the class right now. And he has the most potential of anyone because he's the youngest guy that was taken in the class. And he's playing for a Hornets team that wouldn't be absurdly relevant if he was not on the team, even though they have Gordon Hayward, who is an all-star, Terry Rozier, who signed the big contract. But if they didn't have LaMelo Ball, they would be nothing to talk about. But I'm leading off the podcast with them because of one guy only, and that is LaMelo Ball, who is absolutely balling. And it's going to be amazing to watch him go through his career. And something else that's interesting with LaMelo, and, you know, of course he's playing really well right now, but it's a lot like what Zion Williamson was last year. And Zion was an enigma. Everyone was excited to see him on the floor. There was all this hype around him, and he performed well in the games he played. But now look where we are a year later. The new shiny toy is LaMelo Ball because it's fresh. We haven't seen it before. In a small market, kind of like New Orleans with basketball. Well, now Zion Williamson is creating an all-star resume for this season. And we're barely talking about him because it is a small market. Because there is a shiny new toy in LaMelo Ball. Because the team in New Orleans, quite frankly, not very good. Yes, they're trying to find themselves in the playoff picture, but they're on the outside looking in right now. So, enjoy the hype around 
LaMelo while you can. Because there will be a shiny new toy next year, and we won't be talking about the Charlotte Hornets forever. Just like we're already now talking about the Pelicans with Zion Williamson. So, we are looking forward to the continued success. Love seeing the torch be carried by the young kids. A couple guys who can't even order a beer at a bar yet. It's an exciting time. Love what I'm seeing from LaMelo Ball. And hopefully, the Hornets, in a withered down Eastern Conference, could find a spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs. All right, let's go to the big trade news of the week. And honestly, I'm not sure how newsworthy it really is. I think it's more for nostalgia. Derrick Rose goes to the Knicks. Knicks give up Dennis Smith Jr., who acts to be dropped to the G League because of how little he saw the floor, and a 2021 second-round pick. So the big story everyone wants to talk about is Derrick Rose reunited with Tom Thibodeau who we won an MVP with in 2011, who we went to an Eastern Conference Finals with. The team he was the best on, the Chicago Bulls, pre-injury, with the coach that made him who he is. Now, if you want to look at this trade from a logical standpoint, I don't see how it makes any sense, quite frankly. The Knicks have a bright rookie point guard in Emmanuel Quickly, who they want to get reps to who's already not playing a ton of minutes, and he's behind Alfred Payton, who's another youngish guard, you know, on the younger side of his career than the older side, but someone who's been in the NBA for a minute now. He's the starter, quickly the backup. The other guards, you have R.J. Barrett, who is in his second year trying to make a name for himself and actually playing pretty well. So where does Derrick Rose really fit? Yo, I didn't even mention Frank Nielakina, who's coming back from an injury, trying to find some minutes. Where does Derrick Rose fit in a young team that is rebuilding, that is, you know, finding themselves in the playoff picture, but nowhere near relevant? And Derrick Rose doesn't necessarily help that. Played 15 games this year, little over 14 points per game, zero starts. And, you know, the only other big veteran presence on this team is Julius Randle. And I was on the boat of trade Julius Randle and get more assets for your young team. Because the way the team is constructed now, it looks like you're building around R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Two young guys. First, second year in the league. Couple of good guards. Work around that. And if you could get a haul for Julius Randle, you should. I bet there's a playoff team out there that would love to get Julius Randle, give up a good rookie second-year player, and some draft comp. But no, instead they give up draft comp. They give up a second-round pick to reunite Derrick Rose with Tom Thibodeau. And if you're like me, and you're a, you know, old 2000s, young 2010 NBA fan, this is something that you've been dreaming about. Can Derrick Rose revive his career and who better to give him the opportunity than Tom Thibodeau? And, you know, I don't want to play negative Nelly over here. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's not something that, you know, it was just a deal that feels insignificant. I don't think it makes the Knicks better. It doesn't really do anything for the Pistons. In the end, it's just a nice story. But <laughs> that's just not 
what either team is really looking to accomplish. And Derrick Rose, we've seen the story in Madison Square Garden before. And it didn't work out. So, if you're into the whole nostalgia thing, yes, this is a fun deal worth talking about. Really good story. But just in terms of impact, what it does, I just don't see it for any team. And you hope Derrick Rose can get it done with Thibodeau again. But a Knicks team that ranks in the bottom, you know, three teams in the league in offensive efficiency. They're more of a defensive-ridden team. And Derrick Rose hasn't really looked like himself at all. You know, now the MVP season was 10 years ago. It's 2021. We're talking about 2011 Derrick Rose. 10 years later, few knee surgeries in. He's just not the same player. And it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me, but I'm glad that it makes some fans of, of my generation of the NBA happier. And that's all I can really say about it because there's not much else to talk about. All right, so this is the second weekend we've been through now where we're back to NBA primetime. The big game has been played in the NFL. Now, the past two Saturdays, with no college football, only one NFL game over the past two weekends, we've had Saturday night primetime on ABC, Mike Breen and the gang. And we saw the Lakers last week, and now this week, we had... Steph versus Luka, Warriors versus Mavericks, and it was everything you wanted to see and more. The Mavericks come out with a much-needed big-time home win, 134-132. Luka Doncic carries the torch, 42 points, 11 assists, 7 boards. No one else on the team had had 20 points at all, and the team was able to get 134. Go up against the Warriors. Steph Curry, 57 points. Andrew Wiggins, 22. Bazemore, 20. Oubre, 14. He's not very good. But now, this just puts into perspective how amazing the rest of the NBA season is going to play out. Because the NFL is done. Football's over. And we have a while until baseball comes. And hockey is what it is. If you're a hockey fan, God bless you. It's just not my thing. So I will be watching NBA basketball at a premium, as I've been all season, but now it's full go time, can't take your eyes off the screen. And when it comes to these primetime games, this is must-see television. I was strapped in Saturday night watching Warriors-Mavericks. Two great, guard-driven teams with high-octane offense playing their hearts out. And the Mavericks and Warriors are both on the outside looking in. They both want to make the playoffs with the core that they have right now. And if you're into modern-day NBA, boy, was this the game for you. Not a ton of defense, a whole lot of offense, a game that went down to the wire, couple of first-team All-NBAers, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, the modern-day GOAT point guard. Not that he's the GOAT, but he is one of the best point guards ever. And Steph Curry, and a guy who's looking to take the torch from him in Luka Doncic. It was everything you wanted and more. And this was big for Dallas in the sense that they need to really start putting together some wins. And they have to do it against teams like Golden State because they are looking to make the playoffs. A position they're not in right now. Few games under 500. Sitting at the... 13th seed, 
Who would have thought that? And the Warriors now at the ninth seed, also on the outside looking in. These are teams that got to jump the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Rockets, the Kings, the Blazers, the Spurs, all ahead of Dallas. And Golden State, not particularly there either. Right now, they're sitting in a play-in tournament with Denver. And I don't know about you, but I think Denver is going to put together more wins as the season progresses. So there's a lot of season still to be had, but games like this, especially in the Western Conference, look at the the eight seed, excuse me, the seventh seed from the 13th seed. It is all wide open, and it's all determined by only a couple of wins. Sacramento, Denver, Golden State, Houston, Memphis, New Orleans, Dallas. And the bottom half looks better than the top half of that, which is incredible. So, can't wait for primetime NBA basketball. It is in full effect. We are ready for it. Next weekend, excuse, uh, yes, Saturday, ABC, Brooklyn Golden State going to be playing in that game. Whew, KD back to, I was about to say back to Oracle. It's not Oracle anymore, but he's going back to Cali uh, in his homecoming against the Warriors. Hopefully, he's back for that game. And you know what? Let's use that as a segue to get into the Ope of the Week. And it was just how the NBA handled this entire COVID-19 situation with Kevin Durant. So, okay. COVID has affected the entire NBA season. I know it as well as many NBA fans because it's affected my team a ton, the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler didn't play for a week and a half. Tyler Hero didn't play for a while. It's been plaguing the entire season. We've seen games postponed. We've seen teams put out eight-man rosters. We've seen, you know, all-stars not on the floor for weeks. So Kevin Durant, someone who's already been sidelined with COVID, we know he had COVID in the offseason, and is said that he's not eligible to play in the game against the Raptors. And then the doctors go, wait, 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 wait. He can play. He tested negative. So he goes on the court for about nine minutes, scores eight points, whatever. And then they're like, wait, 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 wait. That test was inconclusive. You got to get him off the floor. What are you doing for optics standpoint, pulling a top three player in basketball off the floor in this game when he already played? So forget the idea that, yes, you messed up with a false negative test, you put him out on the floor. Now you're taking him off? He was already not allowed to play. There were two ways you go about this. You say, he was never allowed to play, he shouldn't be suited up, he can't play in this game, which is where it was going. Then they said, all right, maybe he tested negative, he could play now. Okay, so if that's what you go with, that's option two, keep him in the damn game. Because the damage is already done. He was maskless. He was touching the same ball as these guys. He was playing defense face-to-face, inches apart from the other team. Currently residing in Tampa Bay, Florida. And now you're going to take him out? As if that fixes, that corrects the damage that was previously done? That's not how this works. You don't correct the situation by just taking him off the floor after it's already been done. And he missed the next few games. Sure, that could happen. 
you can't have a situation where someone who has been exposed get in the game, spread his virus, and then take him out. It makes no sense. And the NBA should be ashamed of how this was handled. If I'm KD, I'm pissed. Like he is. If I'm anyone on the Raptors, I am super pissed because that puts you at risk. There needed to be a way that this was handled that doesn't permanently expose how badly this is being handled. This entire COVID situation. The NBA did a miraculous job with the bubble. When you add travel, there is expected to be issue, but not like this. This was the worst way it could have been done. And I I feel bad for everyone involved in that game. And you hope no one gets sick because of it. But from an optic standpoint, from watching it as a fan who's ready to watch a couple of great Eastern Conference teams, it was just, it was awful. And I'm upset that, you know, it's something that needed to get to this attention where it's my hope of the week. It stinks. Really, really does. Man, I, I was just watching that. My jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it. He was in the game, balled for a little bit, and they took him right out. And everyone who was there w- was exposed. Terrible. Disgusting. Despicable. All right, let's go to injury update. Pour one out. Uh, let's start pouring out with some good news. Christian Wood, last time uh, I had an injury update, it looked like Christian Wood's season might have been over. He landed badly on his ankle. It looks just to be a a highly graded sprain. So optimistic viewpoint is that he returns in the next couple of weeks. Seems like he's definitely going to be back for the season. Um, That's a great sign. It looked like it was going to be way worse than it was. And I think everyone watching agreed with that. But um, thank God that it's not that bad. Christian Wood, one of the bright young stars of this league on a really fun to watch Rockets team. And I'm very excited to watch him come back. Thank God it is in the short term for the injury rather than long term. Uh, Good stuff on that injury update. But some bad news, DeAndre Hunter, second-year player out of Virginia for the Hawks. Uh, His knee has been bothering him. He's going to be out for about, I think, four to six weeks. A big loss for the Hawks who are trying to make some noise in the Eastern Conference. Uh, You know, As of right now, they have a playoff spot, one game under five hundred. And he will be a vital part of that team if they want to make a push to stay where they are in the Eastern Conference playoffs. All right, let's break down the schedule for the week before uh, we wrap things up here on the Tuesday edition of the JP Hoops podcast. Games tonight, February 9th. Uh, This Tuesday we have on TNT, Houston, New Orleans, then the nightcap game. We have the 76ers taking on, excuse me, I'm sorry, Boston taking on Utah on TNT in the night game. That is an awesome, awesome game. Uh, Two great stars from the 2017 draft, Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. Always must-watch TV. A couple of top five, excuse me, top ten teams in the entire NBA. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, ESPN, Atlanta, Dallas. Again, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, two players traded for each other in the top five. The 2018 draft, two of the best young point guards in the league, followed by Milwaukee Phoenix. Game between the teams at the uh, bottom half of the JP Hoops top 10, the poor power rankings. 
Not a game I see Milwaukee winning, I'll be completely honest. I think Devin Booker really shines in that game, and DeAndre Ayton can really contain Giannis on a Tacumpo. Thursday night game, Miami-Houston. That game lost a lot of juice because Miami hasn't been great all year. And, of course, James Harden no longer with Houston. Houston getting all these primetime games that, you know, are starting to fall flat just because Harden isn't there anymore. But with Wall and Old Depot, it's still been looking pretty good. Uh, even though, you know, Wall, Eric Gordon been missing the last couple of games. There's still a lot of fun on paper. Not really a great team, especially without Christian Wood, but fun to watch nonetheless. And Miami looking to get back to their winning ways because they have not been great. Night game, Philadelphia on a West Coast road trip. They're taking on the Trailblazers. Should be a good one. Portland currently sixth in the West. And Philly atop of the Eastern Conference standings. That's going to wrap it up for the Tuesday edition of the JP Hoops podcast presented by Book It Sports. If you haven't already, go check out the Book It Sports app and get my daily NBA picks from there. No longer on Twitter. All going to be done through Book It because it is the best social media platform to talk about sports. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate y'all as always. And I'll talk to you Friday.